0: This is Candace Pringle, lead pastor of Effie Church, and this is our podcast. Would you all help me welcome Evangelist Tim Bennett? Well, it's good to be back with you in Gettysburg. Man, what an exciting day to be a part of the family of God in Adams County. Amen. You all need I know you're in the nine o'clock service and everything, but you gotta get a little with it here. Come on, somebody. Isn't it a good day to follow Jesus in Adams County? Amen. Well, if you have your Bibles, I'd invite you to open up to the book of Luke. 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 Uh, Open them up to the book of Luke, chapter 2. We're going to be back here in just a little bit again at 10, or not 10, yeah, actually in 13 minutes we're going to be here at 10, Uh, but at 11.15 we'll have one more service, and I know uh, normally, you know, you come to one of the services, whether it's last night or one of the ones this morning, Uh, but, you know, we invite you to come to each and every service uh, throughout the weekend and even this evening for the Heart and Soul mini-conference, mini-conference, I don't know what that, what does that even mean, a mini, like a mini, mini, it's just like one mini, like like Cooper, Mini, you know, just like a British car type conference. And so uh, we're going to be here tonight and having a good time and worshiping the Lord. And so we uh, going to have a wonderful tonight. And We're going to talk about a, 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 t- a message that's going to be a compact, practical thing called Won't You Be My Neighbor? <laughs> Come on, somebody. <laughs> All right. So uh, that's, that gives you a little uh, prelude in the night. But then the 11 o'clock, 1115 service. Uh, I, gotta keep, I keep going to 11, but it's 11.15. I forget you trick them and make them on time at 11.15, right? So, uh, But uh, at the 11.15 service, we're going to have a time where we're going to be praying specifically for miracles and signs and wonders. Uh, watch God do some amazing things. And wouldn't it be just like Jesus to go ahead and touch you right here and right now? So if there's something that you've been waiting for, a promise that you feel that's been coming your way, it's exactly what we're talking about right now. Why don't you just go ahead and believe that you've already received it in the name of Jesus Christ. Just go ahead and say, you know what, God, I take hold of the promise that you've given to me today. And so thank you, Pastor Candace, for the invite of being back here with you. We love you guys. And even just as we were starting into the worship just a few moments ago, uh, my, my wife and I just stood there and smiled at each other and just like, yeah, we love this place. We, this is a good place, you know, this is a good place. So Luke chapter two, Luke chapter two, I don't want to take too long yapping with you because I want to get into this. Luke chapter two. Luke chapter 2, starting at verse 21. Now listen, this is actually the account of what happens about eight days after the birth of Jesus Christ. A lot of times, we want to take the story of the birth of Jesus and put it just around December 25th. How me understand, Jesus was not actually born in December. We've messed all this stuff up, all right? You can really kind of research it and begin to figure things out that he was probably born somewhere in September, maybe even maybe August or October, like in that little time frame because it was talking about how the shepherd. We're out in the fields watching their flock, but by the time December rolls around, it's freezing outside in the desert. I don't know if you realize it gets stupid hot in the day, but it gets stupid cold at night in the desert. Are we allowed to say stupid at this church? Okay, good. Good. Because I already said it like six times, and I just realized, oh no, I may mean, not be back. Uh, but... Uh, but so they wouldn't be out in the fields in the middle of December and in, in the nighttime with their flocks. They bring them in. And so we know uh, through some other things as well, uh, you know, that, that as, as you study, Jesus was probably born somewhere around September or so. But uh, listen. Th- this is a story about a fulfilled promise of God, and maybe you've been searching and waiting, and you believe God's given you a promise. You're waiting for God to do a miracle in your life or in your family or in your finances or whatever it might be. Today, I'm here to encourage you, to let you know God is hes moving. He is working. Just because you don't perceive it doesn't mean He's not working. How many believe that? Amen? So if you found Luke chapter 2, come on, would you jump to your feet with me this morning? Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, starting at verse 21. Luke chapter 2, starting at verse 21. This is what the word of the Lord says on a gorgeous, fantastical spring morning here in Gettysburg. It says, eight days later, when the baby was circumcised, he was named Jesus, the name given him by the angel even before he was conceived. Then it was time for their purification offering as required by the law of Moses after the birth of a child. So his parents took him to the Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. The the law of the Lord says, if a woman's first child is a boy, he must be dedicated to the Lord. So they offered him, they offered the sacrifice required in the law of the Lord. Either part, uh, either a pair of turtle doves and a partridge and a pair, and two young pigeons. And then at that time, three people got that joke, wake up. At that time, (laughs) there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was righteous and devout and was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him and had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Now there's the promise. That day the Spirit led him to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to uh, present the baby Jesus to the Lord as the law required, Simeon was there. And he took the child in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace, as you have promised. I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all the people. He is a light to to reveal God to the nations. He is a glory of your people Israel. And Jesus' parents were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them, and he said to Mary and the baby's mother, This child is destined to cause many in Israel to fall and many others to rise. He has been set as a sign from God, but many will oppose him. And as a result, the deepest thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your very soul let's pray Father, one more time, would you release the power of your written word into our lives? Lord, in the mighty name of your son, Jesus, God, I pray for faith to rise in our soul for all distractions and, Lord, fear of failure and just, Lord, the comparison and all all that we try and put in of ourselves. I pray today, God, we lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily entangles us and let us fix our eyes on you and allow you to become the beginning and end of all we are and all we have. God, we trust you. We surrender to you. Have your way. In Jesus' name. Come on. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Come on. God bless you. you. May be seated this morning. There was a former Civil War officer and a Baptist minister named Russell Conwell. Now, Russell H. Conwell, uh, he was a man that, that was very strategic in what he did, planned things down, and at one point in his life, someone had asked him if he would take seven young men and help uh, train them to help, uh, help them to learn how to budget their time and their resources to be successful so that they could move forward in their education and move forward in the plans that God has for them. Well, Russell Conwell did such a, a fantastic job with these seven young men and began to trend and he, he began to get further and further in raising up young men and women to help budget their time and their resources and their finances. People that maybe thought they'd never be able to go to college or get a higher education. He just was so successful in training people and letting them understand how how they already have everything they need and if they, were, they would budget and resource their time, they, that God would put them in the direct path that he has for the life. And it, it led to all, he tra- began to travel around, became so successful. He began to travel around and give these lectures. In fact, he gave 6,152 lectures. Each one of them were entitled Acres of Diamonds, which was a book he later written, uh, later wrote about this, this incredible story he first heard from a guy, a tour guide when he was in the Middle East. Now, this this story, come on, y'all with me right now, we're taking on a journey. Come on, somebody. Now he was on a he was on this tour in the Middle East, and the, his tour guide gave him this story of a man named Ali Hafid. Ali Hafid was a farmer in northern India, uh, near the the river Indus in northern India, and he just you know, would till his ground, had had everything. You had the barns, had the livestock, had had worked it all, and was very satisfied. In fact, Ali Hafid was considered wealthy. It, the, the, it goes on to say that he was wealthy because he was content, and content because he was wealthy. And so Ali Hafid had everything, but one. One day a priest shows up at his at his house, and you know, a priest was getting information at that at that time in, in this time frame. Uh, the priests and the local folks they were the ones that would get the news from other areas and the letters from other areas. Oftentimes the priests were the only ones that could read and write and do different things, and so they would get news from all over the other parts of the world. And the priest walks into Ali the home this farmer in northern India and begins to tell him there was a huge boom happening in the day of diamond fields that were being discovered, huge diamonds that were being mined. all All over the world in Palestine and in Europe and all that was happening. And the the story goes on to say uh, that Ali Hafid, this farmer, went to bed that night poor because he feared he had nothing. Uh, Even though he had everything he needed, all of a sudden he realized there was more out there somewhere. There was more out there. And now he instead of being wealthy because he was content and content because he was wealthy, he is now poor because he feared he, he had nothing left. And so I want you to get this deep down in your soul today. say, he, to, he said, you know what? I can't stand this anymore. Uh, i, I want to get a part of these diamonds. I'm going to go somewhere else. They're not here. So I'm going to go somewhere else and try and find them. He sold his farm, left his family, travels to Palestine, goes all over Europe uh, trying to dig and find all these diamonds. And Aliafid is now getting older and older. And his health and his wealth have totally failed him. He didn't find one diamond. And finally, at the end of Aliafid's life, he, he sends a note back to his family in northern india to let them know there are no diamonds where he was he hadn't found a diamond he became so dejected that Ali Afid ended up taking his life no that's not a story i preach from it gets better come on somebody the former farm, a valley of Alia feed, was purchased by someone else, and that that new farmer was there and tilling the fields, sleeping in the same house, working with the same livestock, is the same the same equipment, the same plows uh, was using it all, and would go down the fields, and he would he would hitch up to his his livestock, and he would be plowing the fields, and as he's plowing the fields, the fields were full of rocks, and he'd always have to pick these rocks up and take them off to the side, and one day as he's plowing the he tills up a rock. Come on, don't get ahead of me in the story. Come on, somebody, y'all know where I'm going with this. Just Stick with me, come on. He gets one of these rocks, and this rock had a real cool iridescent glow to it. was dirty and kind of dark looking, but just, just how real could look to it. And he took it into his house and cleaned it off and set it on the mantle of his house just because he liked the way it looked. Well, the local priest comes by again and wanted to meet the new farmer. And he, as he's sitting there in the dining room at the table with, with the new farmer, he looks up and sees this diamond sitting on, on the ledge. And the, the farmer had no idea, and, and the priest says, don't you realize what that is? And he said, no. He said... And the farmer or the, the priest asked the farmer, where did you get it? And the farmer says, listen, they're all over this place. It, it's frustrating. I bought this farm thing and it was good land and there's nothing. It's full of rocks. They're all over the place. They're in the streams. They're in the fields. All, all the fields I've been plowing, I've had to lay them out to this side. And they're, they're all over the place. And the priest looks at them and says, you fool, that's a diamond. It's a diamond. See, that, 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 that farm of Ali Hafid was full of diamonds. It was full of acres of diamonds. In fact, that northern part of India became known as the Golconda Diamond Fields. Even to this day, the four largest pink diamonds ever found in the world were found in the Golconda Diamond Fields around north, in northern India in the River Indus near Ali Hafid's farm that he, would, he had left to go searching for diamonds elsewhere. You say, Tim, what am I trying to tell you today? Listen to me, many of us, you are sitting on acres of diamonds. Just because you don't perceive it, just because you don't understand what a diamond in the raw looks like, doesn't mean it's not valued. It doesn't mean that God hasn't placed it there for you. Listen, some of you, you wanted to expand, you want to go somewhere else, you want to try try and find it somewhere else. You think where you are is of nothingness and there's no value there. But the but the word of God is telling you today, if you would dig down, you would find the precious diamonds of the promise of God that He will sustain you and meet your every needs. And not only will He expand your vision, uh, but listen and, and expand your Tents, but if you would dig down and dig deep into the promises that He would have for you, you would find there are acres of diamonds all around you. I believe in the name of Jesus Christ that Adams County is full of acres of diamonds. I am believing for all 100,000, what is 100, 102,000 people that live in Adams County, I believe there are acres of diamonds in the name of Jesus Christ. Maybe people have thought they were lost, they didn't have any value. I believe in the name of Jesus that we are going to dig down and we are going to find the precious promise of God right here, right now in Gettysburg, in Adams County, in Pennsylvania. I believe in the name of Jesus that faith is going to rise in your soul. Persistence is going to stick in, and you're going to be able to see the promise of God fulfilled right in front of your very eyes, right here in Jesus' name. This is the story of Simeon. As we read in Scripture, Simeon was promised that he would see the Messiah before he died. How many understand things are a lot easier said than they are done, right? The Lord promised Simeon that he would see the Messiah before he died. But what many of us don't understand, even though it's just a few short verses in our Bible, Simeon actually was 112 years old before he saw the Messiah. Things are easier said than they're done. It's hard to understand, and many of us, maybe you feel like God has promised you something somewhere along the way. Maybe you feel like God has has given you, like God was going to heal your body, or he was going to save your family, or he was going to bring you out of debt, or whatever the different things that we felt God was going to do for us, and maybe they just haven't happened yet. Maybe you assume that you're in the wrong place, you're at the wrong time, but God is telling you today, it's not time to move on, it's time to dig down. It's time to get into the trenches and not give up on God, because God has not given up on you. If God has promised It to you, my God is faithful to complete the work he has already started until that day of perfection comes. Say, Tim, well, I don't think God's ever promised me anything before. Maybe, maybe you're new. Maybe you've never heard God talk to you before. Maybe you're not sure what the promises of God are. Well, let me give you a few of the highlights. Come on, somebody. Don't you love highlights? Come on, so Let me give you the cliff notes of the promises of God. Come on. If you need forgiveness of sin, First 1 John 1, 1.9 says, if you confess your sins, He is faithful and just to forgive you of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If you need healing, Psalm 103 declares, He forgives all your sins and He heals all your diseases. If you need comfort in the loss of a loved one, Matthew five four says, blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted. If you need joy, Psalm 30 verse 5 says, weeping may last for the night, but joy comes in the morning. If you need financial breakthrough, 2 Corinthians 9, 8 says, God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. If you need peace, John sixteen thirty three says, Jesus said, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on this earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. If you need rest, Jesus says in Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, come to me all who are weary and heavy hairy burdens and I will give you rest. If you're looking for the salvation of a loved one, Acts sixteen thirty one says, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved along with everyone in your household. If you're looking for prosperity, 3 John 1, 2 says, beloved, I pray that you may prosper and be in good health in all ways even as your soul prospers. If you need love, Romans 8, 37 and 8 says, Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God that's found in Christ Jesus our Lord. Whatever you need, Jesus says in Mark 11 24, I tell you, you can pray for anything and if you believe you have received it, it will be yours. All the promises of God are yes and amen for you right here right now today in Jesus mighty name that's th- those are the promises of God maybe you feel like God has never personally given you a promise i just gave you a bunch come on somebody they're all yours every one of them they're all yours. The entire Bible, every promise in God's word is yours. If you would confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that he is God, at that very moment the old is gone and the new is come and you are a brand new creation. You are a son and a daughter of the King of kings and the Lord of lords and everything that is his is now yours in Jesus' name. You are an heir and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody. You say, Tim, well, uh, I'm I'm not sure because, you know, again, Simeon had to wait 112 years before he saw the Messiah. Things are a lot easier said than done, aren't they? It's a lot easier to believe in God when you're on the mountaintop. But man, when you're down in that valley, sometimes that's difficult. How do we remain faithful until we see the faithfulness of God? That's really where it lies, isn't it? How do we remain faithful until we see the faithfulness of God? Well, let me give you just two quick strategies here this morning of how you can remain faithful until you see the promises of God fulfilled in your life. Let's go back to Scripture here in Luke chapter 2, verse 25. It says, at that time, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was righteous and devout and was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him and had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. That day the Spirit led him to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord as the law required, watch this, Simeon was there. Listen, if you you want to remain faithful until you've seen the faithfulness of God, you've got to stick with it. This isn't complicated. Your want to has to want to. Come on, somebody. Yeah. I, I, that's, I, that's not deeply spiritual. Uh, but listen, you, you just got to want it. You need to persevere. You've got to stick with it. Again, Simeon was 112 years old until he saw the fulfilled promise of God. Listen, I'm not here today to sugarcoat our problems and try and act like everything's fine. Listen, I'm not neglecting the pain and the heartache you might be in or the dry season that that you might be walking through in your life today. But what I do know is this. If God has given you a promise, he is faithful to fulfill that promise. And until he does, we need to remain faithful to him. Because let's be honest, God's been faithful to us. Even whenever I've not been faithful to him, he's still faithful to me. Even whenever I've given up on him, he's never given up on me. Look at this now. In verse 25, I want us to get the context here. How many understand a text without a context is nothing but a pretense? Come on, somebody. Verse 25 says, at that time. Verse 25 says, at that time, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. What's that mean, at that time? What's important for us to understand the time that this is happening in, the sequence of events. According to Jewish law, a woman became ceremonially unclean when she gave birth to a child. And when she came, gave birth to a boy, on the eighth day, that boy was to be taken to the temple to be circumcised, and then she would be unclean for an additional 33 days. So a total of 40 days that she was considered unclean. And, and, and to be able to, 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 to walk back in and be pronounced clean and, and live life and be around family again and be around everyone else, and be able to go to church and all the things, they had to make a sacrifice. They had to come to the temple, and according to the law, they either had to sacrifice a lamb or or a pair of, of, of young birds birds or pigeons or doves. And the reason that they gave them that option is because if they couldn't afford the lamb, they could at least afford a couple, a couple birds. Birds are everywhere. Come on, somebody. You know, it's no big deal. It's no big deal. If you, if you hit, a, if you hit a, a piece of livestock with your car, you're going gonna to be a problem. Right? You hit a bird with your car, you're like, oh, a stupid bird. <laughs> huh? I just said stupid again. Am I still allowed to say that? Okay, good. <laughs> She's like, why are you asking Here's the deal. Mary and Joseph just gave two small birds. What am I telling you? Jesus was born into the Messiah of the world. The king of the universe was born into human poverty. What's your excuse? Many of us love to use excuses that we haven't seen the promises fulfilled in our life. Well, I don't have the right last name. I've never been given the opportunity. You know, I, I, I just I'm sick all the time or, you know, I, I don't have what it takes. I don't I don't have the right connections. I don't wear the right clothes. I don't have enough money in my bank account. You know, we, I don't have this. I don't have. We come up with all these. Jesus was born into poverty. Come on, somebody. What, let's let's stop focusing on our inabilities and our shortcomings and let's start focusing on the promises of God that in my moment of weakness the strength of God is made perfect if you want to complain about how weak you are you're only glorifying how strong God is come on somebody let's stop pointing out how horrible things are and let's start magnifying the goodness of our God Jesus was born into poverty so listen and the Bible goes on to say that Simeon was a righteous and a devout man He was righteous and devout. This word righteousness means he he observed the law with integrity. He was devout, meaning he understood and he embraced the sovereignty of God. Here's what I'm telling you today. I want you to get this deep down in your soul. You've got to know the word of God. If, if you Listen, if you're new to this place, uh, it's easy to get in, in touch with the Word of God these days. It's all over. You can, you can download Bible apps on your smart devices. If you don't have a Bible, we've got plenty for you on the back. We'll give you one on the way out. No problems. No question. That's free of charge. It's absolutely. We, we just want to bless you with it because we understand the grass will wither and the flowers will fade, but the Word of God stands forever and forever and forever. Popular opinion will come and go. Uh, and political opinions will come and go. Governments rise and fall. Leaders rise and fall. Kings rise and fall. That Listen, uh, the, the beauty and the, the splendor of mankind will rise and fall. But the fact is, the word of God has always been here, is here now, and will always be here. The grass will wither and the flowers will fade. But the word of God stands forever and forever and forever and forever. If you want to know why your life is in horrible distress, if you want to know why you feel like you're totally lost, it's because you're not following the plan of God that he has given you, written out in his, these 66 books, known as the holy word of God. You've got to know God's word, and listen. Not to, a lot of us we kind of brush over it. I, I, I want to encourage you. Listen, listen to me today. I know a lot of people that read the Bible and know nothing about God. There's a lot of folks that can read the Bible and think, listen, you, the, the Word of God never says read it, and I, the Word of God says study to show yourself approved, a workman that can rightly divide the Word of truth, that you need to ingest the Word of God and dwell on it, and the Bible says stick it deep down in your heart so that you do not sin against Him. This is what I'm telling you today. When you wake up in the morning, I, listen, if, if you're not used to searching God and, and reading Scripture, it's a good place to start to get you one of those little daily breads or get a little devotional where you can read a little something, And then, but listen, when it's done over with, and your egg timer goes off after three minutes, God is not done talking to you. Hello. Hello. That's a good place for an amen right there. God is not done talking to you. I'll amen myself. Come on. God is not done talking to you. When three minutes are over, when you're done reading your devotional, God's not done with you. God wants to keep speaking with you. We are to meditate on his word day and night. That his word is continually to well up in our heart and speak in our mouth. That we are to have on the mind of Jesus Christ whatsoever things are lovely and pure and holy is what we are to dwell on. Listen, we've got to stop focusing on all the opinions of the world. Now listen, so many of us, we're so quick to run to read some self-help book or to listen to some guru or you know some positive speaker. Listen, those things are great and those things are fine. But one more time I'm gonna tell you the grass will wither and the flowers will fade. Why don't we go back to the one book that has stood the test of time, the one book that has never been disproven, the one book that was only that was written and inspired by the Holy Spirit Himself? Let's stand upon the Word of God one more time and watch that this world may crumble, but our foundation, our feet are fitted in the gospel of Jesus Christ, and I shall shall not be moved. The Bible says that he was righteous, that he observed the law of God. He knew God's law. And because of that, he embraced the sovereignty of God. When you know God's word, you know he's in total control. When you trust God and you take him for his word, you know he's in total control. You, you, you can rest assured today that whatever he says, he will do it. There is the, I serve a God who cannot lie. Listen, many of us have been promised a lot of things from a lot of different people, and a lot of it hasn't happened. Come on. My God is not running for office. He doesn't need to be elected president. He's already king. Come on, somebody. He doesn't need to, everything he promised you because he's already brought it to pass. Listen, I I want you to get this deep down in your soul today that we need to be righteous and devout like Simeon here. And notice, whenever we observe the law of God and we trust the sovereignty of God, that the Holy Spirit will be upon you. The Bible says that Simeon was a righteous and devout man and the Holy Spirit was upon him. The reason the Holy Spirit of God was upon him is because he observed the law of God. He trusted the sovereignty of God and the Holy Spirit guided and directed him every step of the way. Every step of the way. Listen to me, many of us, I, I want you to know something. You can trust God today. Uh, the Bible says that it was because Simeon followed God's word and he reverenced the Lord that the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it goes on to say he looked forward to what some translations refer to as the consolation of Israel. In the New Living Translation, here it says he eagerly awaited the Messiah to come and rescue the nation of Israel. This refers to the time where, where the Lord would come and restore Israel, the nation and the, the people and the land of Israel. Uh, listen, I, I just this is not. I'm, I'm sick and tired of, of weak, spineless preachers and different different Christians. that that, that they want to fall away and shrink away from the nation of israel the word of god still stands the same covenant he gave to abraham he gave to jacob who he named israel listen to me i will bless those who bless you and i will curse those who curse you it will be the downfall of any nation and any people when we turn our backs on the people of god the nation of israel come on all god's people ought to say amen right there that's not a political statement that's a biblical statement Notice the theme here of the encouragement that the time of consolation, the time of the rescuing of Israel would come as the promised Holy Spirit was upon was upon Simeon. This Greek word paraklesis is what is translated as the rescue of Israel, the consolation of Israel. And then the Greek word parakletos is what is translated as the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit who consoles us and encourages us as the mighty counselor of God. He will be there with you in those moments of uncertainty when you're not sure if it's still time to wait. And if you're not sure, even in the dry season, you're wondering, God, where are you? God, where are you? God, where are you? God, where are you? I- david said even if he were to make his bed in the pit of hell god would know he was there god is our ever-present help in time of need he has never left you he's never turned his back on you he has never forgotten you just because you don't sense him doesn't mean he's not there come on somebody i love this the bible says that simeon was there Simeon stayed steady. He stuck with God. Even as he progressed deeply into age, he was at the right place at the right time to meet Mary and Joseph at the temple when they brought Jesus on the eighth day after Jesus was born. I want you to think about this again. Simeon was 112 years old. He went to church, went to temple every day. I wonder what would have happened if Simeon would have woke up on the eighth day after Jesus was born and just said, you know what, I'm kind of tired. You know, I went to church yesterday. I went to the six fifteen service. I don't need to go to the. Nine. I went to the nine fifteen. I don't need to stay for the eleven fifteen. I, I I don't need to do any of that. I don't I don't need to go any extra. I don't, I don't need I don't need to dig in deeper. I, I I'm okay. I'm I'm tired here. I've had enough Jesus this week. Uh oh, getting all kinds of real up in here. You know. I I really, I really wanted to go, you know, I I really wanted to go and get flowers at the store, you know, plant them in, you know, it's getting warm out and things are nice. This would be a good day as if there's never going to be another good day in the year. You know, We, we come up with all these excuses. Notice Simeon stayed steady. He stuck with it. This is the providential timing of God. That when you trust in the sovereignty of God, I love you, man. God bless you. That's the God. He's listening to the Holy Spirit. Notice the providential timing of God. Simeon stuck with it 112 years, went to church, went to temple every day looking for the promise, looking, looking and kept staying steady, kept digging in, kept digging in. He could have said he he didn't if he didn't go that day, he would have missed the promise fulfilled and it wouldn't have been God's fault. It would have been his fault. Just because you haven't seen the promise fulfilled hasn't mean God hasn't been trying to fulfill it in you, but you haven't been at the right place at the right time because you haven't been observing God's law and you haven't trusted in the sovereignty of God. You thought you knew better. You thought you knew when you needed rest you thought you knew listen listen to why the bible says come to jesus that's where you find rest you you can't find rest in sitting laying around and you know hoping everything's going to be all right and thinking when you do nothing the world's just going to spin and put things right in the right place no no no. you've got to stay steady you've got to dig down into god's word you've got to continually observe god's law you've got to trust in the sovereignty of god listen it doesn't make sense sometimes things don't make sense i can't imagine in the hot desert come on somebody simeon come on all sucked up you know 112 years old i bet his face looked like a leather coat come on somebody. Come on, I, he didn't have like Neutrogena SPF 82 or whatever the crude oil it is you put on your face. You know that pasty stuff, and you walk around. I always get a kick out of the people that put their nose. That, you know, got the, got the white all over their nose like that. Come on, dude, the sunburns go look better than that. You know. <laughs> He's all sucked up and going to church every day, but he was there. He was there. Be found present. When the miracles are coming, be found present when promises are being fulfilled. The reason maybe you haven't seen the promise fulfilled is because you haven't trusted in the law of God and you haven't trusted in the sovereignty of God. This is why Proverbs says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. It's not always going to make sense. But in all your ways, acknowledge that he is God. And that is when he makes your path straight. It's not always going to make sense, but when you stick with God, God will put you at the right place at the right time. Simeon walks into church, and there stands Mary and Joseph with their newborn son, Jesus, and Simeon walks over to him. I want you to get this deep down into your soul, but oftentimes these promises come after a tough season, after Simeon had lived for 112 years in a hot desert. Listen to me. Just because you don't perceive that it's a diamond in the raw doesn't mean it's not a diamond. Just because you don't understand what a raw diamond looks like, it doesn't mean it's not a, a valued promise of God that's a- about to be fulfilled in your life. This is oftentimes what it means to stick with it, regardless of the trials, regardless of the pain, that God is still working on, on your behalf. And this is why the Paul says that we can rejoice in our trials. We can rejoice in our sorrow and our pain because we know it's going to produce perseverance. And perseverance is going to produce character. And that character is going to produce hope. And that is not, not hope in anything we can do in and of ourselves because we know the law of God and we trust in the sovereignty of God. It has nothing to do with what I can do in and of myself. As long as I follow Jesus, He is going to put me in the path of fulfilled promises in Jesus' name. It was only after Mary, a teenage girl, has an unexpected pregnancy. Her fiance Joseph almost leaves her and then they trek all the way across the desert very late in her third trimester to only find that when they get to where they are going, there wasn't a room for them to sleep and they had to experience the promise fulfilled that Jesus was going to be born even in a barn. Come on somebody. Even in the dark seasons. Even when things aren't making sense. Even when they all don't fall into place. I got news you. That's God's oftentimes, that's his testing ground. That's his proving ground. Making you ready to receive the fulfilled promise of God. Listen to me. The son of God wasn't born into some mansion and into some royalty. He was born into poverty and a dark cave in the middle of the desert. But aren't you thankful today that little is much when God is in it. Do not despise the small beginnings. When God has given you a promise there's nothing this world can do that can shake, that can shake and deter the promise of God in your life. Don't listen to the crowd. Don't listen to what everybody else is telling you. Oftentimes listen, they'll try and distract you. They'll try and deter you from your destiny in Jesus Christ but you stick with it you persevere you continue to move forward in the calling that God has in your life and God will place you in the path of fulfilled promises in Jesus name it was after all that this had happened that listen many oftentimes uh, many times uh, there's weak and anemic immature Christians that they'll determine whether or not they're in the path of God on whether or not things are coming easy all it all fell into place that's how we knew God was working that's a bunch of garbage can I tell you, it's been my experience, and when I read throughout Scripture, oftentimes it's whenever everything is falling apart is when God is going to about to do a miracle. It's when, everything, when I don't have anything left is whenever God shows up. It's in my moment of weakness, when in my total moment of distress, when a miracle really comes. Come on, somebody. Let's be honest. Let, let's know this today. Maybe your life's falling apart. Maybe you feel like it's unraveling and you're not, you're not able to hold it and put it all together. But today, in the name of Jesus, I pray that faith would rise in your soul at just the darkest moment. It's always just darkest before the sun rises. Come on, somebody. It's always just darkest. Many, many times, people think that you're... you're... Hear me now. God spoke this to me last night. I was trying to go to sleep, and I changed. I, was, I was supposed to preach a different message this morning. I'm not kidding. God, I was trying to go to sleep last night. Come on, Lord. I'm tired. I got to preach three times tomorrow. You know what I'm doing. Come on, man. Last week was Mother's Day. There are women sitting in this church right here, right now. Maybe you're listening on live stream or whatever it is, and you feel inadequate. You feel like you're damaged goods because you weren't able to have a child, or maybe you're sitting in singleness. Can I tell you something? Last week was Mother's Day. Mother's Day was started by a young lady that was never married and never had a child. Her name was Anna Jarvis in Grafton, West Virginia. She she started Mother's Day in 1908 to remember her mom, Ann Reeves Jarvis, who throughout the Civil War and then afterwards she would bring Union soldiers and Confederate soldiers together to to, to bring reconciliation and peace. It started out as, as called Mother's Friendship Day. And after her mother had passed away in 1908, Ann Jarvis, from the backing of a businessman out of Philadelphia named John Wanamaker, they got together and they started Mother's Day in 1908. Ann Ann Jarvis, and listen, she was never married, never had a son or a daughter, but she is the one who started Mother's Day. Come on, somebody. And in 1914, President Woodrow Wilson signed it into order that the second Sunday in May in the United States would always be known as Mother's Day. You say, Tim, what am I trying to tell you today? Sometimes God, man looks at the outward appearance. Come on, somebody. Sound familiar? If you were here last night, you ought to get into this right now. Man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. God has a plan for your life. Just because you think you're damaged goods, you feel inadequate, you feel like you don't have what it takes, you've been comparing your life to somebody else. Listen, that's somebody else's life. Don't live somebody else's life. Live the life that Jesus has given you. Listen, it's no longer I that live but it's Jesus who lives in me. The same power that resurrected Jesus from the grave is the same power, the same spirit of God that is available to you. And if you would follow the plan and the purpose that God has for you, listen to me. Ann Jarvis never had a son or a daughter, but for the rest of history in the United States of America, every son and daughter will celebrate their mother because of a woman who was never married and never had a child. I'm here to tell you in the name of Jesus Christ, just because you think you don't have what it takes, just listen, if you would stay steady, if you would push forward and not rely on what you see... with your physical eyes, but you would rely on the promise of God, the deposit of the Holy Spirit that was placed in your heart. You will change generations and eternity to come in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray today in the name of Jesus that there would be a spirit of encouragement that would well up in your soul. You aren't damaged goods. You are a child of God. You are a queen and a princess in the king of kings and the Lord of Lord's kingdom. I'm here to tell you today, God loves you with an everlasting love. You aren't pushed off to the side. You're not damaged goods. You might be a diamond in the wrong, but you are valuable in the name of Jesus Christ. This is what it means to live by faith. The only way to know if you're following God's plan for your life is to line it up with God's word, to trust in the sovereignty of God. This is faith, full dependency on God. Living by faith isn't easy, but it's an adventure of challenges and yet successes, attacks and yet victories, multiple choices and yet providence, sowing yet reaping, having nothing yet possessing all things, losing and yet gaining, the flesh and yet the spirit, resistance and yet breakthroughs, emptiness but yet fulfilled, despondent but yet joyful, misery and yet miracles, sickness and yet health, death and yet resurrection, hopelessness but yet hopeful, deceivers but yet Jesus Christ, hell but yes even heaven. Come on somebody. We might be going through the fire, but you will not be blazed. You won't even be burned. You'll come out not even smelling like smoke on the other side. Just because God isn't taking you out of it doesn't mean that God's not going to take you through it. This is what it means to live a life by faith, that we trust God and we let it go and we understand that God is sovereign, that when we follow him, he's going to put us in the path of fulfilled promises in Jesus' name. This is what it means to live a life of faith. You've got to stick with it. You've got to stick with it. i got to finish this up. Oh, Lord Jesus. Look at it now, verse 28, the, half, the second half of it says he took the child in his arms. And he praised God saying, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace of you as, as you have promised. I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. He is a light to reveal God to the nations. He is a glory to your people Israel. Jesus' parents were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed him, and he said to Mary, the baby's mother, the child is destined to cause many in Israel to fall and many others to rise. He has been sent as a sign from God, but many will oppose him. As a result, the deepest thoughts of your hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your very soul. Listen, not only do you need to stick with it, but you've got to see in it. You got to be. Not only do you need to persevere, but you need to perceive that God is working. The Bible says in verse 28 that, that Simeon took baby Jesus in his arms. If you want to see the miracle or promise fulfilled, you need to embrace what's in front of you. This is way easier said than done. When Job, everything was taken away from him. How many know that the ending of the story of Job, right? Everything was returned to him, not just one-fold, but double-fold. Job had twice as much as what he had before it all was taken away from him. But the only way he got there is whenever the Lord spoke to him and said he needed to bless those who were persecuting him. He needed to embrace what was in front of him. Many of us, listen to me, many of us, the reason you haven't seen the promise of God fulfilled in your life is because you're trying to curse what God has blessed. Think about this. Simeon walks into church, sees this young, dingy couple who just came out of a barn, had just tracked several miles into Jerusalem, couldn't even afford the proper sacrifice and had to get a couple pigeons. Come on, somebody. He looks and he's under. How did Simeon know that this little baby born into controversy, despair and heartache out of a barn? How did he know that this baby was the Messiah? How did he know I want you to think about this today. We must look for the positive in all situations. Or maybe be better stated, we need to look at the greater purpose. With God, you better be ready to expect the unsuspected in the unsuspecting places. Let me say this again. If you want to see the promise of God fulfill in your life, you need to expect the unsuspected in the unsuspecting places. You need to expect the unsuspe- unexpected in the unsuspecting places. Say that six times. Come on, somebody. It's helpful to be an auctioneer. Hallelujah. It didn't make sense. Things aren't always gonna work out. But Simeon somehow, some way, because he was in the temple that day, he saw that dirty couple. That young little teenage girl, Mary, more likely was less than fifteen years old when she gave birth to Jesus. I'm not even sure she was married yet at this point. And they come in and buy a couple birds. Simeon looks and takes this little baby in his arm and embraces it. How did Simeon know after all these years of waiting that he had looked into the eyes of a baby whose mom was a pregnant teenager, born into great controversy, and even in a barn? Listen, I want to remind you, this family was poor. Simeon had just witnessed their sacrifice of these two doves, but when he looked in the eyes of baby Jesus, he knew that he was looking not only into the Messiah of Israel, but now the Savior of the entire world, the Bible says. Isn't it wonderful? What God promises you, he'll do even more. God only promised Simeon that he would see the Messiah of Israel. But I got news for you. He didn't just see the Messiah of Israel. He saw the Savior of the world. Mm -hmm. This This is huge. This is huge. Some of you have been looking for a, maybe a physical miracle, and God wants you to do more than that. God wants to bring you out of debt. God wants to restore your family. He wants to put things back together for you in Jesus' name. Some of you have been hoping for maybe a spouse or a loved one, uh, whatever it is. Maybe you're looking to, 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 to find somebody to live the rest of your life with, and God says, listen, I got so much more than that. If you would just trust in me, I'm going to give you more than your wildest dreams. That's why the Bible says that he will do exceedingly and abundantly far more than we could ever ask, imagine, or think. But it's only according to the power, the Bible says, that we allow to work inside of us. We always look for the outside stuff, but we forget it starts in the heart. Remember, man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. He saw this promise fulfilled because he was looking for it. He was waiting. He was looking for the rescue of Israel. Listen to me. The greatest faith is not to believe that you're going to receive it, but rather that you already have. Let me say this again. The greatest faith is not to believe that the miracle is on its way, but it's to believe that, it, that you already possess it. Isn't this exactly what Jesus said? I read this to you a little earlier. Mark eleven twenty four. 24. I tell you, you can pray for anything, and if you believe that you have received it, past tense, if you believe you have already received it, it is yours. There's nothing this world can do that can shake you. I would surmise that this present suffering doesn't come close to the eternal glory of God. We get to enjoy in heaven with him forever and forever and forever and forever. Even though this mortal body might be wasting away, I'm being made new each and every day in my soul. My spirit is being energized. I'm being refreshed by the resurrected power of Jesus Christ. And it's no longer I that lives, but it's Jesus that lives in me. There's nothing this world can put on me that's going to keep me from my promise of heaven. I will live with him there forever and forever and forever and forever there'll be no more sorrow there'll be no more death there'll be no more mourning there'll be no more crying there'll be no more depression there'll be no more barrenness there'll be no more sickness or heartache listen to me in the name of jesus christ if you stick with it you will see the promise fulfilled of god in your life regardless of what this world tries to put on you it cannot shake heaven out of you in the name of jesus christ If you guys want to come, what kind of sign am I supposed to give you? I forget. Like, Is it one of those things? right? Sleeve, belly's a bunt, sleeve steel. All right, listen. There's one baseball person in the whole house. <laughs> Simeon didn't say he saw him Messiah, but rather in verse 30, I've seen the salvation for all people. Verse 32, it says, he is a light to reveal God to the nations, and he is a glory to your people Israel. I want you to notice this now. The same light that brings revelation to the pagans is the same light that brings glory to his people. Let me say this again. The same word of God that brings understanding for the need of a savior to the unbeliever is the same word that brings the manifest presence of God to the believer. Here's what I'm trying to tell you today. This is not the time to water down God's Word to try and make it more palatable to a, to a culture that doesn't want to receive it. Now is the time to stand upon the Word of God. Now is the time to proclaim the Word of God from the rooftops in Adams County to let them know that Jesus remains to be the only way, the only truth, and the only life. You cannot be the salt of the world if you continue to sugarcoat the Word of God. Come on, somebody. It's time for us to stand up and be who God has called us to be. We don't need to compromise the message of Jesus Christ, but we need to declare it from the rooftops that there is a Savior who loves you and cares for you on your worst day come on when your mama's done loving you I serve a God who has given it all for you for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life because Jesus didn't come to this world to condemn it but through him the world might be saved God hasn't come to judge you God hasn't come to condemn you he has come to save you and set you on a path to receive the fulfilled promise of God in Jesus name that's a good place for an amen come on why the Bible says I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ for it's the power of God for the salvation of all mankind Simeon even declares, despite the the pain, despite all that's happening in his life, Simeon declares the coming of the salvation of God. Even many in Israel will fall away. Many will oppose him. Listen, many people are going to tell you you're crazy. Many people are going to stand against the word of God and the church of Jesus Christ. Listen to me. Until Jesus comes back and takes us away up into heaven, the world will do all it can to keep you here. The world will do all it can to keep you here. The world will do all it can to try and impose the Word of God. And the closer the return of Jesus Christ gets, listen to me, the harder the world's going to fight. The harder the world is going to fight, stick with it. See in it. Be able to look into a situation, Simeon for 112 years. And after 112 years, he, listen, I guarantee he went to church multiple days and there were well-to-do people that walked in with beautiful babies that were clean and had it all together and were able to buy the land. But when Simeon went to church, he saw a dirty couple, a young teenage couple that barely had two nickels to rub together, that could barely afford a coupled pair of birds to be able to sacrifice to the Lord. And Simeon was able to see the promise of God. You can't look with your physical eyes anymore. You've got to trust the word of God, the deposit of the Holy Spirit that was placed in your heart. Again, this is way easier than it is. It's way easier said than it is done, isn't it? What am I trying to say to you? Listen, we need to worship God. we got to praise God on all things. Simeon embraced that baby, and the Bible says he began to bless the Lord. He began to bless it. It's this word, the eulogio, which means it's better translated as to bless or to praise. It literally means to speak well into someone. It's the same root word that we get to term like eulogy. When we talk about someone after they passed away, we talked about how, how the awesome they were, even though they were a horrible person. Isn't it weird when people die, we say how awesome they were, even though they were bad? Am I allowed to say that in church? I don't know. Where the Bible says that Simeon took this baby and he began to bless the Lord. Listen to me. You've got to embrace what is in front of you and you need to start worshiping God. You've got to start being thankful. Stop cursing what God has blessed and start blessing God. Listen, here's what I'm trying to tell you. Many of us, we get really good at, at talking about how horrible things are. We get really good at talking about all the problems and all the pains. And listen, I there's, want there's, to be very careful of this today because I'm not here to belittle our problems or belittle our pain, but here's... God hasn't called me to point out how bad things are. He's called me to point out how good he is. Come on, somebody we get so overwhelmed in the victim mentality we want to list out all the issues and all the problems and many times I I know it's because a lot of times I'm praying with people and I'm meeting people in certain circumstances and situations the first things they want to tell me are all the pains and all the problems and all the heartaches hey why don't we start being thankful to God even as Job was thankful for the people that were persecuting him, the people that had robbed him and cheated on him and stolen from him he began to bless God and thank God and that's whenever God not just gave him everything back but he gave it to him then double portion I believe today in the name of Jesus if you would praise God through the storm, if you would begin to give God glory and honor even when it doesn't make sense, even whenever your flesh doesn't want you to, I, I declare in the name of Jesus Christ that on the third day when everybody thought it was done and over with, Jesus got up. I declare in the name of Jesus, it's time for you to get up. It's time for you to start blessing God and stop cursing this world. Let's stop. Let's start blessing God and saying how good he is, how awesome he is, how he has saved me, he has redeemed me and he has called me his own. I dare you in the name of Jesus to stand up on your feet right now in this house. And for the next 30 seconds, give God the glory and the honor and the praise that he deserves. In Jesus' name, we serve the risen Savior. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. look i told you we we're going to be praying for miracles and signs and wonders right in the eleven fifteen service but wouldn't it be just like jesus to touch you right now i'll never forget it It was just a couple years ago we were um oh, shoot i forget where we were but i remember the miracle come on isn't that funny nobody was praying for this lady she had fallen down in a hotel room and in a, a, you know, how many know, like, I know I get this all the time because I'm in different places every week, you know, because at home you can get up and in the dark, you can find your way to where you're needing to go, right? Because you've walked the path several times in a hotel. Things move. Come on. She gets out and she's walking to the bathroom and in the middle of the night, the darkness of the night, she slips and falls in the bathroom and goes face first in the front of the toilet. Damn it traumatically damages her face and up in her sinuses and all kinds of crazy stuff and she had went through several surgeries and went to several different doctors they tried to open up she was never able to breathe or smell or anything through her nose and it's just like Jesus nobody's praying for her but she's just worshiping the Lord and all of a sudden the manifest presence of God begins to surround her and all of a sudden I watch her face light up and she's like sorry I got some stuff in here she she starts breathing I mean she just starts giving listen it's time for you to bless God is what I'm trying to tell you God, after many surgeries, after the doctor said, Well, you're just, it's just the way it, it is, the way it is some of you have even said that this morning but it is the way it is just going to have to deal with it no, you don't have to deal with it anymore it's time for you to bless God it's time for you to praise God it's time for you to start giving God the glory and the honor he deserves regardless of the temporary pain and suffering listen to me, I surmise that this present suffering doesn't come close to the eternal glory of God in Jesus Christ it's time for us to stop pointing out how bad it is and it's time for us to start lifting up the name that is above every name so that when we lift him up all men in Adams County will be drawn unto him in Jesus name i'm not neglecting reality listen i'm a faith preacher i've done all i mean (laughs) i've I've watched god do miracles and i've watched god do amazing crazy things and i still have a 15 year old on crutches my little boy crushed his leg in november my daughter's been through two surgeries my son my son crushed his leg we had all kinds of crazy stuff happen maybe i'll share this later on because i don't got time to do it right now but man we doubled down on our worship Going in, I'm just going to tell you it anyway. I don't care. I got the mic. In the fall time, we felt God lead us. To give, our church was doing some stuff in our hometown, in Uniontown. Our church was doing some things that uh, we were going to get rid of our debt because we're, we're growing, crazy things are happening, and we, we need to build, do some stuff, and we felt like we needed to be totally out of debt. We had about $200,000 left on our mortgage. We thought we needed to get rid of it. and So we challenged our church to give. My wife and I prayed. and We, we fasted and prayed and asked God what he'd have us do, and we wrote the largest check we'd ever written in our lives. That's scary stuff. That's worship. And As, as we write that check, Emily has surgery. Hudson, my little, my nine-year-old son, if you were to know Hudson, this makes a lot of sense. He wanted to see if he could move 600 pounds of slate. He did, and it fell back on him, crushed his leg. I'll never forget it. During the same time, this is after we've written this check, by the way. This is the same time we, we have a, a large, you know, a, a, a suburban, at Yukon XL, a big old SUV that the only thing I can fit my 32 kids in. And... I take, I'm meticulous so about trying to try and take care of it because that's what God has given us is what we travel on the road with and all that stuff. And we're doing all kinds of stuff. Never had problems with it. Water pump goes out. I hit a deer. My transmission falls out of it. Never had a problem with it. I just written the largest check I've ever written in my life. By the way, this is now getting into December. I don't know if you know what happens on December 25th when you have four children. Come on. My wife and I, we, we continue to pray. that said, God... I hope you know what you're doing here because we sure don't, you know? You know what we did? We doubled down. We wrote another check. I'm not kidding. And can I tell you, we had the best Christmas we ever had in our life. We didn't go not one dime into debt. God has taken us out of things, He's restored us. Hudson is running around being a crazy kid. He was running all over the rocks at whatever, whatever d- demon hell thing. What's that thing called where we were? Devils, whoever people need to rename this stuff. Rewrite history. Come on. He was running, jumping all over that thing. Him and crew were going crazy, doing all kinds of crazy stuff. My my daughter, she's had her second surgery now. Her legs are fine. The doctor, is, is, it's beautiful what's happening. We're driving, when we drive. Listen, God is up to something. I'm not, listen, I'm not telling you, I'm not telling you, you you gotta give a big check or anything like that, but maybe you need to give God some praise. Maybe it's giving time. Maybe it's plugging in. Maybe it's getting involved. Maybe you've been coming and you've been receiving and receiving and receiving at this church, and maybe it's time for you to get plugged in. Listen, may, maybe it's time for you to worship God with your time. Maybe it's time to worship God in different areas. Maybe it's time for you to give up some hobbies and spend more time serving worshiping God, whatever it is. Maybe you're here today and you've never surrendered your life to Jesus. This is your moment right now. This is your moment right now. Before we go any further, listen, let's be honest. Many of you, have been standing there fully uncomfortable, but you're so excited all at the same time. I remember that feeling. You're so nervous right now. You're not exactly sure what's about to happen, but you know something needs to change. This is what needs to change. You need to surrender your life to Jesus. So what the word of the Lord says, confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart that he is God at that very moment. The old is gone and the new is coming. You are a brand new creation. Some of you need a new lease on life. This is your moment right now. You've been trying to fix it all on your own and the the harder you work, the worse it got. If you're here today and say, Tim, you know what? That's me. I need to make a decision to follow Jesus. Listen to me. Everybody in the room, we're going to pray this prayer together, all right? Everybody in the room, listen, the Bible says we believe in our heart and we confess with our mouth, which means you don't have to say this prayer word for word, but you do need to mean it and you need to declare it out loud. Come on. Are you with me today? Come on. Everybody in the room, say this prayer with me this morning. Come on. I got news for you. Jesus is listening. Jesus is here right now. I Listen, even during what I could sense the presence of God i standing over there bawling like, and sometimes when I, when I just really sense, I start bawling like I just what I do. It's the manly tears. Come on, somebody. Want do pray this prayer with me this morning? Say, Jesus. Oh, come on, say it out loud. Don't be ashamed. Everybody's saying it. Say, Jesus. I admit that I need you. I believe that you are God. And I confess you as the Lord of my life. From this day on, I will trust the Lord. Thank you, Jesus, that heaven is now my home. In Jesus' name. Come on, and everybody said, amen, 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 amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, please let us know by going to IMN. And remember to download our app for more content and helpful links. Now, look, here's what we're gonna do. Listen, I'm simply gonna count the three just to give you an opportunity to acknowledge the decision you just made. If you just prayed that prayer for the very first time, or maybe you're in the boat where you were on the outside looking in, and you said, Tim, you know what? I, I needed to rededicate my life to the Lord. Maybe, listen, it's not a decision you made as a child. You, you need to every day, you need to make a conscious decision to follow Jesus. And if you haven't been following him, and today you say, Tim, you know what? I just, reded, I, just re, I just recommitted my life to the Lord. I just say, God, I need you. I'm tired of trying to do it on my own. I need you. Why else do you think you're here? Come on, why else would you be here? Let's be honest. You either are totally in love with Jesus or God had set up a series of events to get you here to let you know that you are not forgotten, but you are loved by God. And if you're here today, listen, on the count of three, I'm simply going to ask you to raise your hand right where you are. The Bible says that when one sinner comes home, the angels of God rejoice. Come on, somebody. So I can guarantee you, you think we were loud in our worship earlier, you wait until you raise your hand. We're going to give the devil a heart attack and chase him out of Adams County in the name of Jesus Christ. Come on, if you're here tonight, say, Tim, you know what? I just made a decision to follow Jesus. If that's you, when I say three, why don't you lift your hand as high as you can? Come on, this is for you. Some of you are asking, am I talking to you? Let me clear it up. Yes. This is for you. One, two, come on, if you just made that decision, lift your hand high right now. Three, come on, is there anybody? We'll wait for you. We'll wait for you. I can't see real well. Come on, is there anybody? We'll wait for you. Oh, come on, give God a big shout of praise in this house tonight. God sees you. He sees you. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, come on, this is worth more than that. 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 look if you just made that decision and you didn't raise your hand but now you really wish you did you got another chance we serve a god of the second chance don't we we serve a god of the second chance so if you're here today and say tim you know what i just made that decision listen to me i want you to make sure you get one of these little cards it just says i'm in when you were on the outside looking in now you're in you're in You are now a part of the greatest family of all time, the family of God. You do not need to live this life alone. We want to help you out, give you some resources. Make sure if you have any questions to be there to answer for you every step of the way. I can promise you, my wife and I, my family, we are in love with this church. We love this place. Listen, I wish we lived out here because I'd love to make this our home. We We love worship of God. This is a great place to follow Jesus. Listen, you don't have to live life alone anymore. We're here for you. I want you to make sure you get one of these cards. There's some instructions on the back just to do it and fill out so we can, we can uh, 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 plug in and connect with you. If you didn't get one of those cards, there's a little table in the back that has the same thing says I'm in. Make sure you stop there on the way out. If you don't have a Bible, we want to give one to you. We have cards up here. Make sure you connect with somebody. Amen? Listen, I'm going to pray for you because it's time for me to get off the platform because we got another service in about a half hour, right? And you're staying. Come on, somebody. I said, we have another service in about a half hour, and you're staying. Don't be a liar now. That's right. Well, let me pray for you, Pastor Candace. Will you come, Lord, in the name of Jesus? Lord, I pray that faith would rise in our souls. Lord, thank you for the tremendous opportunity to worship and serve you here today in Gettysburg. Lord, I pray for those that are maybe weary and tired. God, feeling overwhelmed. God, maybe have been going through that tough, dry season. Maybe they felt like they've had to wait 112 years like Simeon. I pray today in the name of Jesus that they would have the perseverance, the faith to stick with it. And God, I pray they would have the faith to see that you are working. I pray that we would embrace what is in front of us. And we would begin to bless you and give you glory and honor in the name of Jesus Christ. Come on. And everybody said, amen. 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 Would you?